please join me in the prayer for illumination. Lord, you come to your people in each time and place as the word that we need to hear. Help us to listen afresh with open minds and hearts and to follow your will. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Our second reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him, and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Let us give thanks to God for the word of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Holy, gracious, and sovereign God, on this Baptism of the Lord Sunday, we ask that you would once more baptize us with your grace, with your truth, and with your wisdom. As we move into a new year, we ask that you would deliver your wisdom to us, that you would take the words of our mouths, take the thoughts of our minds, Take the actions of our hands and feet. Take them up into your grace, transform them, and use them by your grace to bring us closer together to your beloved community. We pray all things through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, if any of us thought that by simply turning the calendar page to a new year, that that would mean that the turbulence and the chaos of 2020 would cease, the events of this past week put those thoughts to rest. The shameful events of this past Wednesday, when a crowd of rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol, forcing an interruption in the constitutionally provided process of counting the results of the Electoral College 
leaving multiple people dead, including a Capitol Hill police officer. Those events have shaken our country and have left images that are seared into our minds. It was heartening to see congressional leaders reconvene on Wednesday evening, some with their voices trembling, with shattered glass on the floor and broken windows in the gallery, as together we begin to move forward to figure out how we're going to live together. It is in the context of those and other related events that the church gathers this day for worship. This is yet another reminder that the church's worship never takes place in a vacuum. The church's worship always takes place in the world as it is, even as worship reminds us that in the words of Psalm 146, our trust and our hope is not in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, the psalm goes on, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Our hope is in the Lord our God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The church's confidence and hope are not in human institutions or human leaders. The church's hope is in the Creator God, in Jesus Christ, His Son, and in the Holy Spirit, who makes all things new. Chaos is not something new for those of biblical faith. Chaos has been around since the very beginning. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, we just heard, as Kathy read for us from Genesis chapter 1, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. The words formless void there are a translation of the Hebrew phrase tohu wabohu, which is one of those Hebrew phrases that disciples of Jesus Christ need to have in your vocabulary. The tohu wabohu is the pre-existent chaos, unruly, untamed, unordered. It is the wild, threatening chaos that corresponds to times of chaos that we experience in our own lives. Many scholars believe that Genesis chapter 1 was written during the time of the Babylonian exile, when faithful Jews had been uprooted from their homeland and deported by the imperial forces of Babylon. It was one of the many times of enormous political, economic, social, and theological chaos that the Jewish people have suffered. Genesis chapter 1 acknowledges that chaos, tohu wabohu, is a reality of life. It has always been so. People of faith should never be surprised when they encounter times of chaos. 
But Genesis chapter 1 wants to affirm in the strongest possible way that God is sovereign over all that is, including the pre-existent chaos in the beginning, the chaos of the exile, the chaos of our time. Sovereign over every leader, every nation, every turbulent moment. For the text says in Genesis 1 that in the midst of all of the chaotic void, a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And here we remember that the Hebrew word for wind is also the Hebrew word for breath and for spirit. So that the text is saying that God breathed upon the chaotic threatening waters and that God's spirit hovered and brooded over those waters so that we are to understand that God is not afraid of the chaos. God is not afraid of the storm. God is not thrown off balance by the chaos. God enters into it and like the mother bird that Jesus references in Matthew chapter 23 and Luke chapter 13, like that bird, God stretches out God's protective and creative wings over the waters and brings forth the light of the new creation. The sovereign spirit of God sweeps over the chaos of creation and the sovereign spirit of God is sweeping over the chaos of our own time, bringing forth order and light and form. Friends, that is happening right now, even as it can feel like the earth is trembling under our feet. What we learn from our gospel text this morning, from Mark chapter 1, is that the Spirit is not just doing that, that the Spirit intends to use us in that. The Spirit intends to use us in that new creation. We ourselves are summoned and enlisted as agents in that new creation. We are summoned from all of our varied places upon the political spectrum. We are enlisted and summoned to stand against the forces of violence and chaos and to build the beloved community together. As we enter into these baptismal forms of leadership, our stand, drawing from Mark chapter 1, our stand needs to be taken along the humble path of confessing our sins. Mark chapter 1 teaches us that our way of participating in the Spirit's work, the work of bringing forth new life from chaos, our way of participating in that work is through the paradoxical path and the humble energy of confessing our sins. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. 
The humble leadership of confessing our sins does not feel particularly heroic, which is probably part of the point. After all, bringing forth new life is ultimately the Spirit's work. It is not all up to us. But we are invited to participate in that work, and the way we do that is by recognizing and naming and letting go of our sins so that the Spirit of Jesus Christ can flow more readily through our words and through our actions. Reading this text this week, it occurred to me that what we have here in Mark chapter 1 is actually something of a mob. A mob of people streaming out into the desert wilderness. People from the whole Judean countryside and all of the people of Jerusalem. But this is a mob that we want to be a part of. This is not a mob that is seeking by force to disrupt and assault a constitutionally provided process for the peaceful and orderly transition of power. This mob if we may even call it that, is drawn towards confession and humility and sorrow and grief and repentance. And that makes all the difference for how they will live their lives. Earlier this year, in this worship space, we talked about how wherever we encounter the spirit of violence whether it is in the lives of others or in our own hearts, whether it is from those on the political right or those on the political left, wherever we find ourselves permissive towards violence, as long as it is being done by those we agree with, whenever we encounter the spirit of violence, we need to recognize that we are in the presence of an idolatrous spirit that is impatient and fearful and unwilling to stay with the power of courageous love. Violence and force and manipulation are characteristics of the world in which we live, but the kingdom of Jesus Christ does not and will not come through manipulation or force, but always and only through love. For as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. These words resound with power for us in our time of massive polarization and violence and hatred. And by submitting himself to the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, by coming alongside of us in our own sinfulness, Jesus hallows this process and makes it his own. 
Friends, we are living through an extraordinary moment. It is a moment that can feel as though chaos and turbulence and fear are all that there is. But do not be misled. The Spirit of the living God is profoundly at work around us, within us, and through us, bringing forth new light and new forms of life as we speak. And the Spirit of God is summoning you and summoning me through our baptisms to stand firmly and humbly against the spirit and the forces of violence and chaos. And the confession of our own sins is one of the greatest tools that we have in this work of baptismal leadership to constantly be aware of our own desires for control, our own defensiveness, our own self-interest, our greed, our fears, to recognize those day by day by day, moment by moment by moment, to recognize them and to consciously turn them over to God and to allow God's Spirit to flow and to work through us. To the triune God be our praise, our trust, our glory, and our honor, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Use us, dear God. Use us with our limitations and our anxieties and our sins, as well as with our dreams, our hopes, and our convictions. Use us to strengthen and to build the fabric of our community, our country, and our world. Help us, O Lord, to focus our energies and our attention where you want us to, and help us to entrust everything into your sovereign mercy. All things we pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.